I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Austin, Texas in the United States. He works for Accenture as a senior manager in uh, business integration architecture. He's in his second year of being an MVP. That's totally awesome. He's one of the leaders of the Austin user group. You can find him on Twitter at Uday, 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 how do you say your last name? Adikari. Adikari, there you go. I was meant to ask you that before we started. Uday Adikari, welcome to the show, Uday. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to have you on. Um, and, and you know, to meet somebody new in the community, I find is always an absolute buzz to find out about you and your journey. Before we get into your tech story and your MVP story and things like that, tell us a bit about uh, your family. Awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to share that. So I'm originally from Nepal, uh, currently residing in, yeah, Nepal, Kathmandu, uh, there's song, mountains, right? Everything, lot, lots of small country. I love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Uh, and then I've been living in Austin for, I came here for actually master's uh, in order to come to USA. That's the easiest way, right? At the back, back in the old days, uh, coming with, with a job now is easier, but in, in like 20, 25 years ago, um, I, I know I'm kind of outdating myself here, and uh, but it's okay. It's, it's all right. It's all good. Uh, you get wiser as you get older. So I believe in that for sure. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, came about 22 years ago to do my master's. And then uh, I had an uncle here in Austin and like, hey, this place is kind of getting crazy. You should come here. And I came here and just started uh, working for a company and then dressed the history. And so I got married here. I met my wife. Uh, she's also from Nepal. And uh, we have uh, two kids uh, and it keeps us busy. Uh, so uh, definitely lot, lots of fun. When we think about Nepalese food, your favorite, what would it be? Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you asked that. Uh, there's a, a type of dumplings uh, that you make. Uh, it's you ground meat with lots of spices, and then you wrap around uh, uh, like a... Uh, a tortilla, right? They, we call it roti back home. And so they call, they're called momies, momos, and they are delicious. I mean, you can make veggie, you can make vegan, you can make meat. I prefer meat, but uh, they are super tasty. Um, and my wife and my wife makes them. So uh, those are the, so uh, my kids also love, love them. So it's, it's, it's definitely. So, so are they kind of fried or are they boiled or how are they done the, the final finish? 
You could do both. Uh, you could. We usually do steam, and then we have like a chutney, like uh, sauce you put on top. And so steam, but then also uh, sometimes let's say if you're tired of eating steam momos, and then you just you steam first, and then then you fry. Nice, nice. Do you do in, in Nepalese food? Is it traditionally very spicy? Is there a lot of spice? As an and when I say spicy, I'm talking about heat in the spice. Yeah, it's very similar to uh, Indian kind of culture. A uh, lot of the food, you, you'll find a lot of similarities in there. Type the, the rice is the big portion of the meal, right? So lots of car, uh, uh, carb. And then, and then they also have like a lentil, like a soup. And the spice-wise, it, it all varies. I would say more on the mild side than more on the spices side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. Um yeah, just getting hungry here thinking about it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> when when you're not when you're not working, what do you do for fun outside family? Yeah, uh, if I, I'm not working, you know, my kids are super active. They play soccer, where the rest of the world, even back then, right? I used to call football, but now I have to kind of blend here, so I, I call a soccer. They're very, they play at a competitive level, even though they are very young, they, they play at a club level. And so that, that definitely, that keeps us busy all the time. And then lately, I like, I got to do something by myself too. And so I picked up uh, road biking, the race, race uh, road biking with a smaller wheel about three, four years ago. And uh, I'm training for a, a ride, which it's actually for fundraising also end of this month. And that keeps us keeps me busy on uh, basically family and then a little bit of uh, bike ride. Nice. Send us the link for that bike ride, and uh, so that you know if you're fundraising, if someone wants to help out, perhaps they could do that, and we'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Tell me about you know you talked about coming in to do the US to do your masters. Did it was that straight away in in the area of technology computers that type of thing or what was your journey ultimately to to now in Microsoft Power Platform um space? How did you get here? Absolutely. Thank you for asking that. Actually, I meant to kind of share this. Uh so uh when I was growing up, um uh, I was sort of, I would say that I'm lucky in a sense that even though uh, I was grown, brought up, my dad never left, left the country. He was more there. But my, for my, my uncles, they were already here in, in the U.S. They came in like 40, 45 years ago. And so they were constantly, they will come and they will, they guided me and they, they will say, uh, dude, uh, you got to do this. Uh, this is kind of getting better here. And eventually I know you're coming here. So focus on computers. And so early on uh, in the college, uh, even though I'm from Nepal, but I went to India to do my engineering undergrad. So, and from there, I uh, came here for my master's and they, they kind of helped me sort of a little bit easier, made it, le- it easier for me because I already knew what I wanted to do down the road, right? So my sort of, I had already seen the path where I wanted to be and it made it easier constantly. I'm just shooting for that and kind of building on top of that, right? Okay. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. Okay, I'm here now. What? And so that that's how I kind of started. Nice. And so, you know, when I ask people how do they get involved in Microsoft Dynamics 365 or the Power Platform, there's kind of like a pivotal point. It might have been a project was assigned or something like that. What's your pivotal point? 
Yeah, so my background is, so I, my background, let me talk a little bit about my background. So in the initial days, I was doing a lot of web development using a classic ASP JavaScript, like basically using a notepad, right? And then from then, then moved on to .NET. Uh, so Predip, I have a Predip background, even like Crystal Reports uh, early in the early days, I definitely uh, wrote a bunch of Crystal Reports, Access Applications, and then uh, slowly kind of uh, moved over to SharePoint, logical feed, I found that SharePoint was. And so SPS, uh, WSS 3.0, 2.0, the, the SharePoint framework was lately now, right? And b- before you would have to do on WSS, all the foundation, not the, ser- the server version. And the, I'm gonna, I know I'm mixing it up, but that's my background. So SharePoint 2003, is when we customize very heavily. You remember the recycled bin wasn't there up until Moss, right? Which is SharePoint 2007. And so we actually wrote a custom tool to get that item that you need from a backup. So, and when it was there, people don't understand how big that recycled bin was, feature was, right? When it was announced, when it was deployed, whoa, that solves a lot of problems, right? The headache, go find the tape, back it up, site collection, find that one item, then surface it into wherever it needs to go to, oh, this is not the version I was looking for, do again, like the cycle, lots of that time, right? You don't, people don't realize the benefit that one recycled bin had a big impact on on how business uh, works. So build on that. And then, um, uh, yeah, the pivotal point for me was, I used to work for uh, a, a company here in based in Austin, where Reza used to work too. Where Reza is Reza Dorani is still there, and uh, he was also SharePoint, and I was also doing SharePoint. He is in Houston. I'm in uh, Austin. Every once in a while, we'll have some collaboration, and then all, all of a sudden, he was like, "Hey, Power Platform is really good. Uh, you should learn. Uh, I'm the only one here. Uh, let's piggyback and just uh, grow this business within the company." And then I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, what is it? Show me. And then he, at that time, he had already done, been like two, four or five months or so. And anything he wanted to kind of uh, try out, we would try different things. Like, obviously, if you collaborate, uh, you learn faster, right? And so it was uh, definitely, uh, his basically got me into Power Platform. And then uh, my boss was like, hey, we have a project that's coming up. You need to go to Houston and go into App in a Day and come back and then Monday, Wednesday, you go app in a day in Houston and Thursday or Friday, you learn whatever you want to learn. Monday, I'm, I'm you're going to a client. I was like, seriously? Oh, uh, that's pretty kind of ambitious, but uh, do you know what? Uh, sure, yeah, put me, I'll go there, I'll learn, I'll come back. Luckily, Reza was there to kind of help me out. And so with him, uh, I, I was on that project and learn a lot from him, obviously, I still do. Uh, we try to keep in uh, keep in touch, and then rest is history. Uh, jump that was back in 2018 um, when I when I kind of jumped in into uh, SharePoint. I mean SharePoint, not SharePoint. Sorry, Power Platform. That that's that's a a phenomenal story, and great to see another member in the community helping you in in that 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 path. You know, from Reza there. That's 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 great. Such a good story. What area, you know, the power platform is such a big thing, right? And it's it's always growing, always expanding. We get our, you know, two wave releases each year um, with new features, functionality dropping. 
in all the tool sets that you have available, kind of what area do you specialize in any particular area or are you just broadly across everything? I am, so it comes in cycle. One area I focus heavily and then and then step out and say, okay, what, what do we need to do? On, because they all have interconnected, right? You cannot just stay in one and you cannot be an expert. You cannot claim that because you would be missing out. It, it needs to be done in a combination, right? Uh, you may need power apps and power, power apps and power automate always, but there might be an opportunity for PBA. Portal is the only one that I have not played a lot. I mean, in the beginning I did, but uh, other things, there are so many things that needs to be like a, like RPA within Power Automate, right? That's another big that I, I kind of go in in a pretty deep uh, down there. Okay, so you go deep in RPA. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is going to be good. This is going to be good because um, uh, tell me what let, – just give me three use cases with specifically – don't tell me who the customer is or anything like that, um, but tell me what the what – the, the, what were you harvesting from? What was the, the system, right? Because it's obviously a system with an out, out an API, and, of course, a website could be that system. But tell me, yeah, give me three use cases. What were they and how you use RPA, just a high level and the outcomes? Yeah, this is not, I mean, it's previous, uh, from previous companies' experience is uh, one is, uh, you know how the warranty ca- cars, uh, they, you have to claim the warranty. And uh, actually, let me, let me take a step back on that one. I, I'll do the salvage car first. Uh, the, when the car is salvaged, like damaged, and people have to submit proof, right, the car is salvaged or not. There are publicly available three or four sites. Anytime cars or vehicles are salvaged, they go into somehow there is a entity that gathers data and puts it in the public domain for everyone to see. And so uh, what we did as part of that was, and then with the VIN number in the USA, you can identify a vehicle, right? It's like a personal identifier. Each vehicle will have the identifier called VIN number. And so you plug that in, and so if somebody is claiming that this vehicle was salvaged, right? And then we can use that VIN number, go into that website, search for the VIN number, and there will be a bunch of images that you find. And using AI Builder, you go and find the VIN number, and you match it and say, oh, yeah, this one, this vehicle was already salvaged. This is fraud and alerts it, right? So we cannot pay, pay any payment on it. That was one. Another one, the financial system was... Uh, it's every day, um, basically, uh, this loan officer would come and see um, uh, what they, they would look at their account to see uh, what accounts are overdue, past due, right? This some um, uh, basically uh, escalation type. And they were spending, I don't know, seven, eight, ten minutes every day. And so, uh, well, instead of that, we just automate using RPA. And then C for each loan officer, let's say 100, uh, you're saving uh, 100 times 7, 700 minutes and down to maybe 30 seconds they can scan. So they don't have to look at all of the customers. They only have to look at the one that were exception, right? I mean, uh, escalation, and then, then trigger trigger an email or whatever anything needs to be done. So the system you were, uh, was that just like a bespoke application that, you know, that you were scraping that information from? Or was it like a well-known, was it an Oracle solution or, you know? Something yeah, else? the first one was, um, 
obviously web basically you can call I, I hate the word scraping but it is what it is right and the, the second one was a legacy system there's uh, the loan origination system SAP right uh, there's a couple of different systems integration were there that's so cool so cool I love that I love the practicality of of what you're talking about that it was you know um, it, and often I find RPA outcomes are around saving heaps of time, right? It's about productivity, massive improvement. I like it. Tell me about uh, becoming an MVP. All right. So I would say, I wouldn't say I started uh, being from Nepal when I came in. Uh, maybe technically I was good, uh, but uh, language wise, right? I, I didn't fit in uh, because I didn't talk this language. This is not my mother tongue. I learned, I went to English medium, but it is more on the British side. Even on the British side, uh, my English is, I, I still work, I still have to work hard to to make it better every day, right? So the tone, uh, the style wasn't for me. And so it would be hard for me to understand. It would be hard for me for them to understand me, right? It was both ways. And so early on, since I was on the .NET interested, I would go to, it's called Austin Adnock, Austin.NET user group, uh, 2001, early on, early on. I would just go, I would say, do you know what? This is fairly new. I want to learn and I want to network with other people to see for job opportunities, right? If they're looking, um, so I would go there, I would sit in the back and I would not say a word. Listen. I probably understood 20% of it. Technical side I did, but again, uh, these are user group meetings and they're talking and I would probably understand 20, 30% of it. And then I'll come back and then, okay, I'm going to go next month also. And I'm going to ask one question. Whatever it is, people will laugh. If it's a stupid question, whatever it is, I'm going to, I have to stand up. I have to ask one question, build my confidence, nothing. It happened for three, four months, five months. And finally, I said, if I'm not answering, uh, asking any questions, I'm not going home, right? I told myself. And then I just asked one, whatever. I don't even know what question was that. It could be like, hey, when is the next event or something, right? <laughs> I, don't care what, I don't care what it was. I just wanted to talk, right? And so started that way. And then uh, slowly kind of uh, went in. I said, hey, how can I help on the, not the, from the, presenting side of it, but any other, like maybe there's an administrative side of it, right? That way I get to talk with more people. I, I can build my confidence. So slowly, slowly started doing that. And then uh, fast forward to 2010, 2012, uh, SharePoint, I was very involved. Uh, we helped uh, host like SharePoint Saturdays was big at back in the days. We hosted a couple of those, helped the SharePoint user group meeting presented and uh, the first thing that I did was lightning talk because it's not an hour long, hour, 15 minutes. Lightning talk would give a good opportunity for anyone who wants to go and talk, right? For uh, So anyone listening, if you are kind of uh, shy or if you're kind of afraid about talking for an hour, just pick a topic, talk for five, 10 minutes, uh, have a few slides and then out, right? That, that kind of, that's how I build my confidence. And then I'm like, well, I loved it. I can do this, right? I had that. And then, then I started uh, presenting uh, on user groups and uh, kind of hosted multiple events. And I take it out of that, you got nominated and got awarded the MVP. 
Nomination was uh, back in not the la- in the last company before Accenture. I was doing basically I was traveling everywhere and I was doing app in a day a whole bunch, and uh, and the community perhaps uh, community user user call I was uh, responding to ans- like answered questions, right, and then uh, constantly getting involved, and also. Uh, Chuck, uh, Charles, Chuck Sterlings is the one who kind of nominated me. And the day I still remember, it was uh, July 21st or 22nd of 2020. And I was just working a little bit late at the time and then saw this email and I screamed, right? I was not expecting anything. Out of the blue, I see this nomination. I probably screamed for like five minutes. My family were all, my wife, kids were... What happened? What happened? Are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, yes, this is what happened. So that was the, I mean, uh, oh man, that was the happiest day for sure. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.